What's up, everybody? How you doing today? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> After that worship, I thought, I thought maybe there'd be a bigger response than just that. Um, hey, back in the back, can you cut 10 minutes off the clock? Because we're going to go back into worship at the end, which is going to be awesome. Cut 10 minutes off the clock. Okay. Um, it's good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. There's people coming back post-COVID that it's so good to see you guys watching online. If you're still watching online, you're missing out, but we love you, and we're glad that you're, that you're still a part of what we're doing. Um, today, I want to continue our series on prayer. Before I do that, um, has anyone been following along on this 40-day reading plan that we just started on Wednesday? If that's you, just raise your hand. I got a couple hands back here. Hands, okay, awesome. There's like 50 to 60 people that I personally know of that are doing this reading plan right now. And it's kind of like, um, you know, we, we jokingly call it a shred, right? It's like a like summer bod shred, right? Got to get my body ready for the summer, right? We're reading through the Bible in 40 days that we just started Wednesday, and it's going to end just in time for Easter. And if you have missed out, if you haven't been a part, I want to invite you to join in now, okay? Join in now. Jump in just on whatever today's day is. Jump in and read along with us. Um, this week, we, we got through the what I think are the toughest books to get through. We got through Leviticus this week, y'all. So um, we made it through Leviticus and all the skin boils and all of the, you know, do this and, and you're unclean if this and that. We made it through all of that. And, um, and now we're getting, we're getting into some of my favorite books of the Bible. Joshua is one of my favorite books of the Bible. We're coming up on that. So, um, and so jump in now. Join us. Uh, you didn't miss out. You're not four days less spiritual if you jump in today, but uh, join in and join us. And also, I'm super pumped about Crew Week. I'm so pumped about Crew Week. What we do on Sunday mornings is awesome. Uh, worshiping and, and praying for one another, it's so awesome and it's so necessary, but you need close personal relationships as well. Not just the corporate, but also the personal as well. And so Crew Week, please be a part of Crew Week. Find a crew to be a part of. And, uh, and go make some friends, make some connections. That's going to help build a strong, healthy church and a strong, healthy you, okay? So don't miss out on that. All right, I'm going to talk to you today about prayer. And like I said, I'm going to trim this back, okay? And we're going we're to talk about prayer. Um, uh, prayer is a thing that is all throughout the Bible. Like if I was going to try to find a verse or a section or a chapter to preach on prayer. It is all throughout the Bible. The Bible tells us to pray when we're anxious. The Bible tells us to pray when we, uh, when we need wisdom. The Bible tells us to pray when we need strength. The Bible tells us to pray and he says, ask and ask again and pray and pray again, right? Ask God, knock on his door. God, will you do this, right? Uh, to pray all the time. The Bible says that we're to pray for um, those in authority. And so every four years, depending on who the president is, Christians decide whether they're going to honor that prayer or not, right? Well, I'll pray for this one, but I'm not going to pray for that one. Or we change our prayers, right? We go from God bless him to God kill him, right? And, um, and um, that's not what that means, Pray for those in authority. The Bible says that we're supposed to pray for our enemies. Oh, gosh. Right? And not, and not that they would choke or whatever, but we're to pray for them. We're to, we are to be people who are praying people. Not P-R-E-Y. <laughs> but praying people. We're supposed to pray. 
And so prayers all throughout the Bible, I'm going to read three uh, verses to you right now. The first one is in Philippians. It says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, oh, I love that, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, pr present your requests to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Anyone in here anxious, right? Don't be anxious. Prayer is an antidote to anxiety. Prayer is in every situation. So when are we supposed to pray? We're supposed to pray in every situation. Hey, if you're having a great day, give God thanks for it. If you're having a horrible day, ask God, hey, this is what I need. You know, so we're supposed to pray all the time. I want to read another one to you. This one is James 5. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. We have the rest of this in verse 17. Listen to this. This is so good. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the Lord gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. What does this say to me? This says, hey, if you're going through a tough time, prayer is the answer. If you're, if you're sick in your body, let's pray for you. If you're suffering, let's pray. And I think a lot of times in our Christian faith, prayer is a last resort. Oh no, it's resorted to this? They're praying now, right? A lot of times when you see someone come up for prayer at the end of service and we have our prayer team praying over them, it's like, oh, that must be bad because they're praying now, right? But the Bible's kind of painting this picture that we're supposed to be praying all the time, at all times. I love it, I, I love it this morning, I couldn't, I couldn't get five feet in the lobby without this person praying for me, that person praying for me, uh, uh, during worship praying for me. You know what, I love that because prayer is like who we're supposed to be as a people, right? Prayer is like a part of, and this, and this part of Elijah, the Bible says this, Elijah is a man with a nature not unlike ours. And when he prayed, God shut up the sky for three years and six months. And when he prayed again, the rain came again. And so Elijah's a man not with a nature unlike ours. What does that mean? That means that like you might think that the spiritual people, if they pray, then God will listen. But I think what James is trying to say to us here is, dude, Elijah's not much different than you. His secret power was that he prayed. His secret ninja skill was the ability to pray. And his nature is not unlike yours. Your, your nature and, and my nature and his nature, they were all the same, but he prayed. And because he prayed, God did what was asked. And um, so prayer is powerful. Prayer is impactful. I'm gonna read one more to you. And this is about Jesus. This is fascinating. It says this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So if we've got... Elijah praying and God answers prayers. And if we've got Jesus, who is our model, who is our leader, and he often withdrew to lonely places to pray, then maybe it's true that you and I in our faith should often be withdrawing to pray, right? Um, a lot of people think, I don't have time to pray. 
I don't have enough time. I'm busy. I got to wake up. I got to get my kids ready. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then I got to whatever. And I want to flip this for you. You don't have time not to pray. As a Christian, you don't have time to not pray. It will, if you are not praying, it will suck the life out of you. If you're not praying, life will suck you dry. If you're not praying, life is going to knock you down. If you're not praying, you don't have time to not pray. As a Christian, we got to be praying people. Okay, so here's the question. What is prayer? <laughs> okay, great. So you want me to pray. You want me to pray nonstop. You want me to pray in every situation. You want me to do this. You want me to do that. What is prayer? Has anyone seen this show, Love is Blind? Anybody in here? A couple of people who are like ashamed to say that I watch the show. <laughs> I'm the pastor of the church, and I'm telling you that I'm watching the show, Love is Blind. It is okay for you to raise your hand. Anyone in here watching the show? There we go. There's the, there's the hands. Anyone watch the show Love is Blind? No, I've never heard of it. I've never heard. And then all of you are like, yeah, I'm watching it. Okay. Love is Blind. This is a social experiment where they, they set up all these pods, okay? And these pods, they look like this. Um, there are these rooms and... There's one side for the men and another side for the women, and a woman will go into one pod, a man will go into the other pod, and they will kind of like this uh, over here, this is like an overhead, go to the next one, this is like an overhead shot, okay? So you got a guy over here and you got a girl over there, and there's a wall in between them, and they can't physically see or touch each other, but they're in there talking to each other. And the whole premise of the show is like within a few days, just based off of talking, they have to commit to, to one another or just say, I haven't found my person here. And if they commit to one another, they literally propose. And if they propose, then they're allowed to see the person face to face. It's crazy. These dating shows are so stupid, okay? <laughs> they're so fun to watch because it's like, I can't believe how stupid you are that you would do this. But like, this is not a way to find your spouse, okay? This is just not a way. But but the whole premise of the show is that I can't see you, I can't touch you. I, I, there's, some, there's some thing there where it's not like we're like, you know, there's, there's something there. But on the words alone, on the communication alone, on the, on the uh, relationship alone, the relationship is built off of talking to one another now, Jesus is not a Jesus who was so distant that he did not touch earth. Our God did touch earth. Uh, Jesus came and he did touch us. He did walk with us. There is physicality to our relationship with Jesus. In fact, when you take communion a little bit later on in this service, there's physicality to our relationship with Jesus. It's not a God who is distant or far away. It's a God who literally came to earth and broke his body for you. And so there is a physicality there. But what is prayer? Prayer is the primary form of relationship building between us and God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is the primary form of relationship building between us and God. We get to know God. God gets to know us. We develop in relationship when we pray. And so a Christian who is not praying is a Christian who is not truly building relationship with God. And so you might think that coming to church is the primary form of relationship with God. No, this is the moment where all of the Christians come together and are the body of Christ worshiping together, right? 
But in your seven days a week, your primary form of relationship with God is prayer. Well, you might say, well, Kyle, what about the word of God? The word of God is living and active, and it's sharp enough to pierce bone and marrow, and God uses the word of God to challenge us and to speak to us and to do things inside of us, right? But I would even say that if you're just reading the Bible and you're just kind of just reading and then just kind of walking away from it, but you're not praying, you're missing out on the Holy Spirit really speaking to you and revealing things to you and challenging you and making you more like Jesus. And so what is prayer? Prayer is our primary form of relationship building with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Our God is not a God who's a far way off, right? We learn about him by talking to him. Can you imagine if on this love is blind thing, they just sat there and they just like didn't even talk? Like if you're sitting in your pod and another person's sitting in their pod and they're just not even talking to each other, like that's not a way to build a relationship, right? Um, anyone in here, uh, when I know a ton of people had COVID over the last two years, anyone in here when you had COVID, you lost taste and smell? Anybody? Okay. I lost smell and it was horrible. Okay, mine came back, but there's still some smells that I can't smell. And praise Jesus, they're all the bad ones, okay? <laughs> all the bad ones are the ones that I can't smell. And so um, Scout has to go to the bathroom and someone's got to wipe her butt. Kenzie's like, you go get it because you can't smell it, right? <laughs> so, uh, so all the bad ones are the ones I can't smell. The good ones are the ones I can smell. Okay, uh, I want to read this verse to you. Uh, about our prayers, okay? It says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. May my prayer be set before you like incense. I'm concerned that some of us are Christians, but God can't smell us because we're not praying. So like, I can see you there on Sundays. I can see that you're there. I can see that you're doing things. I can see that you're working for my kingdom, but there's like a smell missing. I can't smell that. What is that? I smell Frank. <laughs> but I can't smell this guy. I can't, I, can't I, I don't smell. Because prayerlessness is like, man, we're not, we're not letting the incense go before God. We're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not uh, engaging in our relationship with Jesus. And so, man, you can be serving in church, you can be reading the Bible, you can be doing all this stuff. I want to encourage you today. I don't want to condemn anyone who doesn't have a prayer life. I want to encourage you today to begin a prayer life today because prayer is the primary way that we build relationship with God. I want to use one model prayer and then we're going to go back into worship because I think it's one thing for me to teach you how to pray, but I think worship today can actually be a primer for you, where if you will worship the way that I'm about to talk to you, um, if you will worship through this, this set and, um, and leave, it can actually kind of teach you how to pray, not just in a philosophical way, but in a spiritual kind of sense. Does that make sense? And so I want to I wanna use a model prayer, okay? So how do I pray? How do I pray? Jesus said this um, when the disciples came to him, they said, uh, they said, Jesus, how, how do we pray? And he says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think it's a pretty good place to start on like, how should I pray? It's it's a pretty good place to start, to start with Jesus's instructions of how to pray, okay? And so I wanna start kind of with this top section right here. When you pray, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, and they love to be loud so that they can be seen. What Jesus is saying here is not that you shouldn't pray in church, right? What Jesus is saying here is not that you shouldn't pray in public places. What he's saying here is that he's revealing that these people, the only reason why they're praying is so that they can be seen by other people. So they're out on the streets, they're out in public, they're out there displaying their spirituality But really, in private, they don't have a relationship with God that is private and personal. So they're kind of out in the streets, and they're out about, and they're they're declaring their spirituality. But man, like, they don't really have a private, personal relationship with Jesus. So, So what he says here is, don't be like the hypocrites where your main goal is just to be seen by prayer. And I love what he says. He says, they've already received their reward oh, wow, that person's really spiritual. You know what? That's the reward that you get. That's the reward. In other words, uh, prayer, nobody prays to get a gold medal. Nobody's praying, or you shouldn't be praying, to receive some type of earthly reward or some type of earthly accolade or some type of, man, you prayed for one hour? You are so amazing, right? No one's praying for just the going through the motions Come on, I believe in date night. I think every marriage should go on dates and, and, and enjoy, right? Can you imagine if you went on a date for the sole purpose of the Instagram photo? Some people do that. <laughs> I'm going on a date for the sole purpose of the Instagram photo. And if I were to look at that on the outside, it's like, wow, look at that nice restaurant and look at how nice they're dressed up and look at what they're doing. But then if I were to kind of really dig into your relationship, you're not talking while you're sitting at dinner You're not really in relationship with each other. It's all just for show, right? And what Jesus is saying is don't be that kind of Christian. Don't be the hypocritical kind of person who puts all of your spirituality on display. But actually, your spirituality should be something that it's not private like others shouldn't know about it, but it's it's personal. It's like, man, this is deep between me and God. And and I remember when I was five years old, um, I was in a church service, and I got pulled into the church service when I was a kid, and and we had kids' church, but they pulled us into the main service, and they were praying over all the kids, and I was standing there at five years old, and I was praying, and and I was learning how to pray. In fact, Pastor Scott taught taught me how to pray in that that moment, right? I was learning how to pray, and so I was praying, and I was saying these things, and tears started streaming down my face, and afterwards, my mom came up to me, and she said, Kyle, what were you praying? And I said, Mom, that's between me and Jesus. <laughs> and and at five years at five years old, I, I thought, why does my mom want to know what I'm praying? 
And I think that if you truly have a connection with God, if you're truly talking to God, it's not about other people seeing it or knowing about it or, or do you know how spiritual I am? No, it's about you actually growing in relationship with Jesus. So he says this. So he says, uh, they've received re reward. But when you pray, I love this, when you pray. Not if you pray, when you pray, right? But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's just focus on that for a minute. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Come on, this is like love is blind. You go into your pod, the Holy Spirit's there with you in the pod and you're talking to Jesus, you're talking to God. He sees what happens in secret. A lot of times we want people to know what happens. Now this whole thing is found in a larger section where he says, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. In other words, don't give just for people to go, wow, you gave a large donation, that's so amazing. Keep your giving private. Your giving is not, in other words, if you give because you're trying to be seen or noticed or, or, or someone's aware of your giving, if you give in that kind of a way, you're not really giving out of a generous spirit and a generous heart, you're giving because you want reward. And when he says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Now, there's all kinds of prayers. There's corporate prayer, there's prayer that we do together as a, as a family of God, right? But in your day-to-day -day prayer life, this isn't about you literally have to clean a closet out in your house and go find a little tiny place. This is about saying, hey, listen, it's a personal relationship with you and God. You know what that looks like for me? That looks like going on a walk around my neighborhood and just walking and talking with God. You know what that might look like for you? That might look like your drive to work on, uh, you know, on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. As you're driving to work, you go, you know what? I'm not going to listen to the news. I'm not going to listen to Elliot in the morning. I'm not going to listen to whatever stuff that I normally listen to. Today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to talk to Jesus. No one else is here. No one else is going to even know that I'm doing this. Go into your room and shut the door. Okay, here's, here's another one. Your Father who's in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. I want to let some people off the hook today. When you pray, God does not care about your vocabulary. Okay, when you, he knows how you talk, okay? <laughs> he knows what school you went to growing up. Um, I think it's so funny when people do spiritual things and all of a sudden their voice changes or they start speaking in King James. <laughs> Thy, thine, you know, all that stuff. Like, listen, the Holy Spirit knows you and he wants you to talk to him. And so when you're talking to God, this is not about heaping up empty phrases or or, you know, speaking in Christianese or speaking in, you know what Christianese is? Christianese is when you take, when you take like uh, popular Christian phrases and you just throw them in just randomly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Right? Well, if you really mean that, that's great. But if, you're, if it's just a filler, right? Like, we don't need fillers in your prayers, okay? We don't need fillers. We need... We need, we need you to actually just talk to God. It's simple. He doesn't care about your vocabulary. He doesn't care. Okay, so, so two kind of rules that Jesus lays out is when you pray, do it in secret between you and God. 
And don't worry about heaping up all this vocabulary and all these phrases and all these. And I love this. God already knows what you need before you say it. Our girls, every single morning, they wake up at like 6.45, 7 a.m. Every single morning, they come downstairs, they wake us up, or we're already up, whatever. They get in bed, and they, and they say, I want milk. I want milk. And Kenzie is like, we know. You do this every single morning. I want milk, right? And, 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 uh, and then sometimes they'll specify what kind of milk, chocolate milk. It's like, we know. We don't even buy the other stuff. We only have chocolate milk because that's what you do. I'm your father. I already know what you need before you even tell me. I already know in the morning. I already know it. I already, I, you know, a story. I'm hungry. I know you're hungry. Do you smell the mac and cheese that's in the, that's in the kitchen right now? Do you smell that? That's because it's time to eat. I already know you're hungry, right? Now, why do we then express our need to God if he already knows what we need? Well, why even talk to him? right? Because he already knows what I need. And I think we do it just as much for us as for anything to identify our dependency on Jesus, right? Well, he already knows. Well, he's already aware. Yeah, but like, do you know that you're depending on God right now? And when you request, when you say it to God, it's like you can release it to say, I'm dependent on Jesus. I'm not dependent on me figuring this out or that working out. Okay, so I'm dependent on Jesus. All right. I want to talk to you about a model prayer, and then I want to go back into worship, because worship was so good today, and it prays this, okay? I want to talk to you about a model prayer. Jesus says, so when you pray, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, our Father. The first thing I want to say to you about this prayer is that this prayer is both personal and corporate. This prayer is both personal and global, our Father. Have you ever been in a situation where like anyone in here, you have a sibling, wave at me. If you have a sibling, wave at me. Okay. And you share a parent, right? And so, and so that's what sibling means. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, so my sister and I, we share our parents, right? And have you ever been in a situation where you said to your sibling, my dad said, And you know how, like, at first, as soon as you say it, you go through, like, 17 emotions, okay? For me personally, when that happens, I both feel like I have deeply violated my sister, and I think it's hilarious all at the same time. My dad said, and it's like, he's both of our dad, right? The God, this might blow your mind, but the God that you talk to is the same God that I talk to. Might blow your mind. And he's all of our father, like he's, he's our father, okay? When I pray this prayer, I'm not praying to a private God who only belongs to me. I'm praying to a God that I am a child who belongs to him. So I'm not talking to a personal guru when I'm praying. I'm talking to our father, like he's my dad, he's your dad, right? The other thing that I love about this is that we say our father. We're not saying universe. We're not saying uh, divine will. We're not saying, um, uh, you know, uh, luck or if luck would have it or no, we're talking to a personal God. 
And uh, Jesus says that um, we can call him father. We're, we're to relate to him as a father. I love that. So when we pray, we're gonna say our father. That means that he's both personally my God and my dad, but it also means that I'm aware that, that I'm connected to other children of God as well, right? So our father, it's both, per, it's both personal and it's corporate. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed um, in, in the Greek there, it means um, may your name be holy or let your name be, be re- revered as holy or let your name be worshiped as holy, right? Hallowed be your name. Now, again, this prayer is both personal and it's corporate. So what am I doing when I pray this? I'm both personally saying, God, in my life, let me view your name as holy. Let me worship you as holy. But I'm also saying, in the earth today, let your name be made holy. Let your name, and when I say made holy, I don't mean that it's not holy and it should be holy. I mean in the way people see him. In the way people, God, I, my prayer is that you would be worshipped and honored and, and adored and, and let your name be made holy in the world. Hallowed be your name. I love this. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. When we pray this prayer, your kingdom come, um, we were singing it this morning, but we want to see your kingdom here. As we were singing that, I, I, I see both. We want to see your kingdom here in the, in the corporate sense, on earth, right, in, in the world. But man, I also want to see God's kingdom here, right? And so as we pray this prayer, we're praying both personally and we're praying corporately. Your kingdom come. God, in my life, I want your kingdom and your rule and your reign in my life. But God, also right now in Russia and Ukraine, I want your kingdom. I want your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, right? We're praying the kingdom of God. He is the king now, but there's, there's, there's rebels on the earth, right? And so God, may your kingdom come. That's, that's a prayer we're to pray. And then he says this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John Piper says this, he says, how is God's will done in heaven? It's done perfectly in heaven. How is God's will done on earth imperfectly? So what does he say? When we say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we're saying is, God, would you, let, would you make earth look more like heaven in our obedience to you, in our submission to you, in the way we honor and revere you, in the way we submit to you, in the way we, in the way we say yes to you? I love that song we sang today. Um, uh, about our amen. Let my amen bring you glory. Amen just means yes. Let my yes bring you glory. Let my agreement with you bring you glory. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to this. Give us this day our daily bread. Is it okay to pray for big things? Is it okay to pray for some vacation you want to go on? Is it okay to pray for this or that, yeah, you can, you can pray those things. You can, you can let your, your request be made known to God. But what I love about this is God's just saying, give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Jesus doesn't want us to live a life where we're constantly thinking about the future and worrying about the future and oh my gosh, he even tells us, hey, like if I take care of the birds and the lilies of the field and all that, if they don't have any worries, you don't need to worry about tomorrow, right? And so when we pray, God, today, give me what I need for today. And I love this. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, I don't want to pray that for that person. Well, do it. Pray us 
Give us this day our daily bread. You know what? I think sometimes when we pray the us prayer, give us this day our daily bread, I think sometimes God will hand you a double portion and have you give it to somebody else. Because when your attitude is not a give me what I need, but your attitude is give us, then God can trust that I can give you too because you're going to give one of yours away to somebody else. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not just thinking about me. I'm thinking about all of us. And I'm not just thinking about, I'm thinking about our daily bread. What do we need for today? And then he says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is a big one. In our model prayer, in the way that Jesus teaches us how to pray, he says that we're supposed to be forgiving people who have harmed us, forgiving people who have debts against us, right? Because if, if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. That's what he says in the verse after this thing. He says, he says if you don't forgive, like I'm not gonna forgive. Like you, you gotta forgive. You gotta, you gotta clear that out. You gotta release that. In your daily prayer time with Jesus, there is a moment in every prayer time where you take a second to say, I'm letting go of that offense. And God, if I don't let go of that offense, I don't know how I could turn to you and say, forgive me for the things that I do wrong. And so in our daily prayer time, there is a moment, a breath, where we say, God, I'm gonna ask you for forgiveness in my life, and I'm also gonna take some time to clear out that offense on somebody else's life. Right, or some, something that I'm angry about or grumpy about or frustrated about or I won't let go of this and we're asking God, forgive me while we are personally holding a grudge against somebody else. Um, you guys are really quiet. This probably is one of the biggest moments of this prayer is to clear out. When you pray with Jesus to clear out and to, and to repent of your judgments and ask God for grace for the things that, that, that you've gotten wrong. This is so good. All right, and then he says this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We know this. We know that the book of James says that God never tempts anybody. And so why would we pray, lead us not into temptation? Why would we pray, God, don't lead us into temptation if we know that James tells us that he never tempts anybody? And this is this entire prayer. I want to boil this entire down this entire prayer into this simple statement. This prayer is saying yes to who God is, his will, his plan, his heart for you, his provision for you. This entire prayer is you just saying yes to the nature of God. Yes to the kingdom of God. Yes to the will of God. Yes to the provision of God. Yes to the forgiveness of God. Yes to the releasing of that offense. Yes to, God, you're not a God who tempts. You're not a God who leads us into. You're a God who delivers us from evil. This entire prayer is us as God's children saying, yes, yes, Lord, yes. So uh, this prayer is a model prayer. Now, what does this mean? This means you can pray this prayer word for word. You, you're allowed to do that, okay? Um, there's a lot of different uh, uh, denominations that pray this prayer on a regular basis. In fact, N.T. Wright said that the entire journey of becoming a Christian or the entire walk of learning to be like Jesus is if you can learn the Lord's Prayer and walk in it every single day, you will become a Christ follower. Like, you will, you will look like Jesus. You will act like Jesus. You will... 
Because you are praying God's will, that he would be father, that his name would be holy, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done, right? Give us this day our daily bread. If you pray this prayer, you're going you're gonna to look like Jesus. You can pray this prayer word for word, but you can also use this as a model in your own life, in your own prayer. I'm not going to come to my, my father in heaven. I'm not going to come to him with um, a long, gripey list of problems and, and issues and, you know, whatever. Although we can vent to God. You see through all of Psalms, you see where David is venting to God. That's totally okay. I'm not going to come to him treating him like he's a distant universe force. I'm going to understand that he's my father. I'm going to come to him with praise and adoration. I'm not going to come to him griping about all the things that, God, you're not doing this, and you're not doing this, and where are you here, and where are you there? I'm going to come to him saying, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. Your name is powerful. Your name is, I'm going to worship. I'm going to adore, and I'm going to agree that on earth, that God's name would be lifted higher and higher and higher. This entire prayer is just saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to the nature of God, saying yes to the will of God, saying yes to the provision of God, saying yes to the forgiveness of God. I want to go back into this worship set because this worship set is praying this prayer. It's praying the prayer. If you, if you listen to all these songs, it's praying the prayer of God, your name be made holy. Your name be made holy, right? And so uh, we're going we're gonna to go back into this. And before we do, I want everyone to just close your eyes and grab, grab the communion cup that is, that is with you. We're going to take communion together, and, and then we're going to go into worship. The Bible says that, uh, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, I'm going to read this, this verse to you real quick, uh, this Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I delivered to you that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the covenant in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Bible says that he was wounded and pierced for our transgressions, for our sins, that the chastisement of peace was on him, which means the punishment that would bring peace would rest on him, right? And by his stripes, we are healed, the Bible says. When we take communion here together today, we are not only remembering it, but we're stepping into that moment. And we're agreeing with that moment that by God's by his body, which was broken for us, and by his blood, which was poured out for us, man, I am made whole. I am made righteous in the sight of God. I am made a child of God. I, I get to call him father because of this meal that I'm about to eat, right? I get to, I get to, I get to receive the grace and the forgiveness. And so what I want to do today is I want to just take a moment, and before we take the bread, before we take the cup, I just want to take a moment. I just want to say, God, uh, maybe analyze your heart for a second and say, God, these are the things that I need forgiveness for right now. These are the issues in my life that I need forgiveness for. This is the sin in my life that I need forgiveness for right now. And then maybe just take a minute and say, and God, this thing that I've been holding on to, this grudge that I've been holding on to, this anger that I've been holding on to against this person or that person, this is the thing I need to release today. 
And when you've thought of those two things, I want to go into this moment here. He took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And church, if you're at that point, just go ahead and take that bread right now. Thank him for healing. Thank you for his broken body, which brings healing. Thank you for, God, we thank you right now for your body, which is broken for us. We thank you right now that, uh, that we were made whole and righteous because of your broken body. We thank you right now, Jesus, that by your stripes we are healed. God, we release that person from that thing that we're holding a grudge on. And God, we ask you to forgive us our sins as well. We thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that he took the cup and he says, this is the, this is the new covenant confirmed in my blood. And as we take that today, let's just receive that washing of the Holy Spirit, the washing clean, the promises of God, the forgiveness of God. Just take that cup right now and let's just thank Jesus. God, we thank you so much for your, for your uh, grace, for your new covenant, for the relationship that you have with us today. We thank you so much. We receive it today in Jesus' name.